See, my, my favourite video game uh, movie movie quick time event is when you're watching the nature documentary and you got to mash the A button so that the antelope can get away. I'm really bad at it, though. It never gets away. <laughs> okay, but what really makes me mad is the Apple TV dinosaur fake documentary where they didn't have to have all the animals die horribly. They could have <laughs> been like, and then he got away just fine. But well, no. I mean, you didn't you didn't press uh, X fast enough. That's the problem. Is that what it was? Yeah. yeah. Oh my god! Because they'll be like, "Look at this cute little dinosaur. Don't you love it? It's dying slowly. Yeah. It's no, dying." No, mine. And it's... They all got away and survived. I, really? I oh, this I is like a David Cage game. I didn't. I didn't know. Yeah, you put the controller yeah. down during the cutscene and like, ah, oh, shit! I missed the prompt. Oh. Yeah. Uh, okay, mine is like. Uh, I mean. Uh, I, I, I was I was thinking about this a little while ago, but like, do you remember like when <laughs> uh, DVD menus used to like include like a like little like video game? Like, I yes. remember I, the one the one I remember the most is uh, Atlantis had like a uh, like um, uh, like little video game where you like move the submarine around and like get to look at stuff. That's my that's gonna be mine. I I feel like. I feel like this is a real thing that happened. I don't think I invented this memory. I feel like there was a DVD, it might have been the original Shrek, where there was, like, a special feature where you could watch the movie Shrek and occasionally, like, a quick time event would come up, and if you clicked, like, OK on your DVD remote, you'd see, like, an like an animatic for an alternative scene that could have gone there because you, you pressed your QTE quick enough. Oh, my... I Yes, no, I think this is this is a thing. This is no, a thing, I think you're sure. right because it would be, like, the deleted scene or, like, the making of animation right. scene or something. Yeah, but you had to, like, you had to do the QTE to get it. <laughs> I mean, I, okay. The way I remember it, and maybe this is just like 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 just like different uh, movies, but I remember it being much more of like it. It is just the movie, except if you don't press the thing, then you just like fail. D DVD makers were really trying to make Telltale games in like two thousand two. <laughs> I have a question. I joined another Dungeons and Dragons game, and I have felt attacked. Uh -huh. uh, not really, but <laughs> I used <laughs> animal friendship on a wolf, and that wolf, and then the DM was like, well, technically, it doesn't really make you its friend, it just makes you not attack you, but it doesn't say that it makes it friendly to your party members, and then the wolf continued to attack my friends, and then another time, I used sleep, and I said, if I use sleep, will this end the battle? And they're like, yeah, it will. And then they took it back after I put the monster to sleep. Mari, am I being personally attacked Ma Mari, violently? You are not being personally attacked. What is happening is <laughs> you are playing D and D with people who are like, "This is a game of numbers, and I'm going to win the numbers game." Uh, I would say that, that is persecution. Yeah. No. Yeah, I think I'm being persecuted personally. You, I'm being burned at the stake. You are playing with people who don't understand what I would say is the most important rule of D and D. It's the rule of cool. If it would be cool and it would be a moment everyone would go, oh, that was awesome, fucking let it happen. Okay, but I asked specifically about yeah. the sleep. Yeah. And then they took it back. Well, welcome to the world of playing D&D uh, &D with anyone who, like, learnt with third edition. <laughs> yeah, but the thought did cross my mind, and I was like, wow, I really have been spoiled by a pretty cool DM. So... After I've uh, experienced the world, I should have already appreciated before, but now I do, and I recognize that I should have before. You, 
You you genuinely started D&D with, like, the coolest possible DM you could have started yeah. with. Like, Austin is a pretty yeah. good starting point for DMs. So I just want to say, sorry for not appreciating you as much as I should have. <laughs> That's very kind of you to say. We are in the post-mortem episode. We're going to answer questions sent in by the audience. But this is a great way to jump in. I don't know how much of that I'm going to leave in of the QTE talk. But um, I actually was thinking about there's an episode I edited out a big section because uh, it felt like you were uh, having your feelings hurt by the enemies attacking you. And then you started yelling at me in a way that I could tell it hurt my feelings. IRL. I was like, this oh, is a fun no. to listen to. This is like, <laughs> this is a bad vibe. So I just cut it out. I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah, that was rude. Look, it the, the the thing is when when you're playing a game where everyone's very emotionally invested in the fictional things they've made, you know, some sometimes these things happen. Yeah. We get feelings about the stuff we've made. Maybe I shouldn't care so much about what happens to my imaginary. No, I I have cared the right amount actually. <laughs> They're real. Now it's important. <laughs> <laughs> now it's good to get invested in characters. You definitely should, but also the game is sometimes people are going to take swings at your character, and you have to make peace with that. Yep, yeah. Big root of me. I have a million questions here. I'm going to read them kind of as they come across my timeline. No particular methodology to this, and we'll answer them for about two hours. Here we go. Rain Dean and Patreon Demon asks favorite NPC. Oh, red. Fucking love red. Red's red's great. Wonderful. That was a good twist too. Like I did not see that coming. Yeah. Yeah, red was like the the really hit the sweet spot for me of I love this NPC who I have assumed is no relevance to the plot whatsoever other than I want to make flirts at um <laughs> through to Oh shit, you were actually important and I probably should have been paying attention. And I very much appreciate that arc. You got me. It's real good. <laughs> I didn't like Laser. <laughs> Get his ass. Like, as a character, believable and cool. As a person, mm-mm. Oh no, yeah. I'm not saying I think <laughs> Laser is a nice person. I'm saying... Oh yeah. And me as a player found them really interesting and very engaging. <laughs> There was a meme in the listeners that Laser was wife, or Oka was wife material or something. I don't I don't exactly know where it started, or all the nuances of it, but that was the thing people were saying. Look, if you strip out all of the murder-related stuff, it's like, yeah, Laser's, Laser's got like a nice little farm going, and uh, you know, is is taking care of a little community of people and making sure their needs are met. You could, like, that's, you you know, could that's make like, a great life with Laser. Yeah, you know, other than all the murder. <laughs> Oh, okay. One NPC I liked, but not as a person, but as a concept, and also that I killed them, was the uh, slave fish that lived uh. in the ocean. <laughs> oh. Yeah, oh, yeah the I, fish that lived in my head for a bit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know what happened with uh, our, our karate dragon, but karate you know, from what dragon. I saw, <laughs> from, from what I saw, it was pretty cool. 
All right, yeah, Kushim the Ableth. I Actually, I didn't mention this in Dragon Quest, but after that scene where you choked Juniper to death while they were psychically bonded, killing Kushim, uh, there was, like, we finished the recording, and then Skitch said to me the oh, thing he wished he had done, which, uh, I mean, every time you do something on the show, you're like, oh, I could have done that better. That's just part of the thing. But, like, this was genuinely a different tact that I thought was like, oh, that's better, and I wish we had done that, which was when uh, Juniper died instead of, uh, you know, feeding her Goodberry, which isn't exactly how the rules work on any of that uh he said i should have used my electric karate <laughs> basically you know he can he can do different elements and done like cpr punches or like cpr <laughs> moves with like uh, shock paddles uh to bring oh, you back rule. this That's is why so good. this is why D D is great you can you can come up with a concept like electric karate cpr and go <laughs> yeah yeah we can we can that can be real yeah <laughs> So in my mind, that is how that scene ended. It's much more like dynamic and more use, using the um, you know tools at hand and stuff. I thought was really cool. Uh, next question, Mickle looking for games for my characters at Micklevane on Twitter. With the name of Pants for Pets LLC, the band, the experience coming late in the show, do you think it was a better fit than names which come up earlier, such as Team Loser, the Tough Bastards, or the Moist Watch? Yeah, here's what I will say about the naming conventions. I think Pants for Pets LLC, the band, the experience, etc., um, <laughs> as a name, was a lot more playfully created amongst the players over time as a running joke, and I think that that is the kind of name that couldn't have existed with the party that initially set off on the adventure. Yeah. And I think that there is something to be said for the names that were created by a group of people who were functionally very not not riffing with each other in char- as as characters versus one that's like ah oh, no as a group we've got a running joke now mhm mhm and it was able to be malleable to when things changed and stuff i thought that was cool i just would really like to see that on a t-shirt but like it keeps <laughs> going yeah, merch you know? opportunity. Yeah. The text just gets smaller and smaller. <laughs> yeah, next season, both parties get their names in episode one of their respective arcs, but they come to them at wildly different angles. One is just, uh, <laughs> Leon just says it, and everyone's like, sure. Uh, and the other one is like a, a long Wikipedia hole that is really uh, incredible that I loved a lot. So sometimes it comes to you, sometimes you got to wait until halfway through the season, and you got to do Code Caden 2 about it. <laughs> can um, i change my answer for, for best npc to cocaine too <laughs> <laughs> absolutely uh jasu badger magician asks favorite biome i really liked the nature and roots one because i yeah. went with the upside down rain uh, yeah, oh, yeah 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 that that, like oh. the, i guess I don't know if you count that as the first or second that's, one. That's, yeah, that's, sorry, that's uh, I poorly explained. That's not the one I was going for. The one that we started at the bottom where the roots were, we went through all the sort of like um, ant tunnels up to there being oh. the trees at the top was the one I was going to go for. Yeah, the mi- yeah, mineral one, I guess. It's I, the tunnels, yeah, of deception. Yeah, the, the, the tunnels. Deception. I, I liked that one because it felt like there were multiple distinct like layers of it we were going through. It, it felt like it... 
it felt the like it had the most things going on in it. Where a lot of the biomes, I think, were like, here is the the, the one couple of words that would pretty well describe the whole biome. I was like, no, nah, this one, this one had a bunch of stuff going on in it. I liked that. Yeah, I think structurally why that happened was because the first like you know quarter or third of the season was about introducing all the players, all the characters, yeah. you know, the people in the race, and then basically we finished that. I think Sprinkles and um, Pic no, Piccolo is the last one introduced there at the tunnel. So at that point, it's like okay, we know who the the, per the persona dramatists are, and now it's time to like do the damn thing. So they got more room to be complex because it wasn't just a yeah a backdrop for a character introduction. And that's not to say that I didn't enjoy the the more simple ones, but that was the one where I was like, oh, yeah, it, it's the one that sticks in my head. Yeah, it's also where a lot of the biggest dramatic things happen. Peter died. Yeah. Uh, that's where it seemed like Dragon Quest had died. Although Twist, they're fine. Um, but it seemed like that's where uh, the elves and all that met their end. And then it was just full of bodies. So, yeah, it's like a big, that's like our Red Wedding <laughs> sequence there, where it's just like, oh, shit, everything got so real. I liked um, the beach because we got to have a beach episode and that was really fun. Oh, true. Yeah, that was very good. Yeah, that was also a self-conscious uh, attempt to make one that was just nice. Like didn't have any secret darkness or anything because, yeah, like the idea is that these were made for certain people. And if you're not those people, it's kind of unpleasant. But this is one where it's just like pretty much anyone would enjoy. So pretty unproblematic except for the fact that you know red and walter and laser all took shots at you yeah that wasn't whoever created that biomes problem though that was just you know people <laughs> yeah and so i was trying to have a mix of ones that were pretty nice ones that were just horrible for you specifically and ones that seemed nice but were horrible because of an unforeseen complication because that's the way you know actual geography is right like there are plenty of places that are nice during some seasons and not during others there are some like Florida, which are clearly not meant to be lived in by humans, but we insist. So, Every, everyone's idea of perfection is going to be different. Um, I don't know. I, I, I do. I did really like the um, yeah, the the like um, uh, upside down rain uh, nature biome and the beach biome. Those are both uh, those are both fun ones. Um, I like I like the um, uh, room to uh, like make up all the uh horrible animals um <laughs> i think that like some of the yeah uh some 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 fun ones came out of the the nature biome um yeah yeah you all got sick nasty in the farm biome with your animals that was <laughs> a lot I, for, I, I forget the one but the one that doesn't that that doesn't like peer poo that just uses everything i i i i that's my that's my the proudest thing that i came up with for that i i i stand by that one very strongly yeah, that was the mittens in the nature. Oh, bio. yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, next question. Marble clouds. Do you think Juniper regrets saving Vimble slash killing Laser in the death biome? This was a <laughs> big inflection point. You know, you can argue that Dio killing that orc was an accident, but this is the first time you took initiative and it became a big issue going forward. I have to say... I loved that you took charge, Laura. So many times in D&D campaigns, everyone's scared to do something wrong. So I'm really glad you stepped up, even if I had to give you consequences. Yeah. No, I... Th this is a thing that, like, the more D&D campaigns I play, be it on Dice Funk or elsewhere, a thing I've learned and that I, I, I try and take to heart is... I would rather ha make, a, make a choice I know is going to have negative consequences than sit in an action because consequences give the dm space to 
take the story in interesting ways that create conflict I'm going to have to think about. And for me, like, narratively, that is really interesting, is I, I find it much more interesting to dig into a character when they have to make a hard choice and there will be consequences and they have to deal with it than a character that isn't being challenged. And uh, to answer specifically about saving uh, Vimble, I don't think that Juniper regrets in the moment making that choice. I think Juniper would look back on that choice and go, I did the right thing in that Vimble deserves a chance at redemption and deserves an opportunity to improve. And someone, you know, like Laser, who is this willing to just kill without really considering it a problem... Of this situation, there is someone who could there is someone who could be redeemed, and there is someone who's trying to do a murder for personal gain. I think, regardless of any consequences that later came, and you know, I, I don't think Juniper's the type who would go with the knowledge I have now. I shouldn't have done that because that's pointless. It's with what with what she knew at the time. She's confident she did what she should have done in that moment. Uh, we got a question here from Cynic1984. What are some things you planned for your characters that you never got a chance to do? A whole lot. lot <laughs> you have things. three times as many characters as <laughs> <laughs> so everyone else. Uh, for Zana, I was hoping, like, if nobody was able to stop her, she was going to be a horrible person, which is what happened. But if people, like, you know, called her out on her shit, she would become a better person. But everyone killed me, rightfully so, because I couldn't be stopped. I kept rolling really well. And then with Peter, I had some other ideas. But then I really wanted to give Laura what she wanted in that moment. I was like, kill me, just do it, whatever, friendship. But And so then that didn't happen with Peter. But I was hoping that he would have some sort of revenge arc and kill Zana or, you know... And, like, he would be able to, like, make up for all of his sins because he was a t kind of, like, did horrible things in his past. But I think dying for what he perceived to be an innocent creature, which is kind of true, so that that other creature could also go on the journey he went on was cool, too. And then Piccolo, you know, he gets to be a tree. <laughs> so no, no regrets. Tree, perfect. <laughs> yeah. I come to this from almost the opposite perspective in that I'm not going to say what I originally had in mind for Juniper was a villain arc, like that is going too far, but I think that originally the plan for Juniper was going to be a lot more... Um, Ju Juniper was going to have some ideas that were probably going to need to be shut down by the party, and that is a thing that I sort of downplayed and made less of a part of the character when it became clear that the party was lacking unity and needed at least one of the player characters to be trying to hold it together in some of the early sections. But what I'd sort of initially envisioned for Juniper had been someone who was coming up to this new world completely with no intention to be violent or, you know, uh, power-seeking, but that upon 
going up to the new world, the way I was trying to characterize early on was people who, uh, astronauts who go to space talk about the first time that they see the Earth from a distance and how it fundamentally changes something in their brain as they go, this place is beautiful and perfect and so fragile and I would do anything to keep it from being damaged. Yeah, a couple times you expressed uh, kinship with Fortunato's whole thing, which yeah. is like, yeah, fuck all these people, we need to keep yeah. this place the way it and is. <laughs> it's it's a thing that like, I, I, I ended up pulling back from exploring maybe as much as I wanted to, um, the idea of Juniper ending up very much a slightly militant eco-warrior in that she probably would have been, like, uh, Juniper as I originally envisioned her would have been the kind of character to get to the end of the world and go, fuck it, I'm making a plant wall that stops anyone getting in here, I am making an army of plant people to protect this place, I am doing anything I can to make sure this place does not get damaged. Um, and would have needed some serious talking down from that, but it, it didn't, it felt like it would have been one too many, uh, one, one too many characters in conflict with the party that had already been a bit of an ongoing theme. I mean, I, yeah, I definitely, uh, was not planning for Vimble to be as much of a villain and <laughs> like, I, I don't know, I, w I went into it very much being like, I thought it'd be like an interesting and like sort of compelling character to be like, as good of a person and like as heroic of a person as possible while believing some very bad things um and definitely went off the rails with that like for sure <laughs> um and i i i, I don't know I, I, I wish i had been able to like explore that better and i guess it would probably have to have worked better would have involved like Vimble changing his beliefs a lot more, being like a lot more willing to do that, which I think was like a mistake in terms of like not uh, exploring or like having him grow in uh in in more ways. But yeah, like I, I don't know. I, I I thought I thought there were some like very fun things th uh, that about like his character that like I wish I'd uh uh made him less of a horrible person. <laughs> Yeah, I thought you were going down that route. We had the episode, it was even called Zuko Redemption Arc, <laughs> where you acknowledged, you know, that you were being a dick and, like, burned your cowl and yeah. everything. And I was like, okay, yeah, this is this is something. And then, like, two episodes later, you're just like, blah, 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 I'm insane. <laughs> it's like, okay. <laughs> Wait, okay, are you, are you referring to, like, insane as in the, like, uh, baby detective? Because I think that that was peak. I think that that, that, that is where I would say that that, that was... Uh, that that was Vimble at his absolute best. Uh, I would say much way. I would say later when he is like, "No, I'm a cop." That was definitely the mistake. Like, I'll I'll say this: you had a lot of points where character development happened, and then a thing happened, and you reset character development back several episodes. Yeah, no, that, there's, that there's is a few for moments sure, of, oh, do, like do, do we have to do? Like, do we have to do we have to reget you back up that hill? Yeah, no, that was definitely a, a like. I I wish I had done uh, had yeah Vimble uh, do a lot more character development um, and also stay a baby. <laughs> oh my god! I mean, the detective baby stuff was very funny in the moment. I think what I was referring to was the part where basically Juniper eventually had to knock you unconscious just because you you became mad with power, and we're just yeah, like, that's oh, a good point. No, I would say that that's correct. Uh, yeah. <laughs> it was just like, well, I guess everything you were building to doesn't yeah. it wasn't anything so. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, the, the the whole thing of you doing character development only by uh, a concussion 
<laughs> became its own running joke where you're like, I will not learn anything unless it is a hit into my head uh, at full force. Yeah, I mean, yeah, uh, uh, yeah. I, th- I, I, I think that that. Uh, I don't know. I, I, sh- I definitely should have uh, uh, done. I don't know. I, 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 I put. I, this is the, my second D and D campaign, but I've, I've only played characters that are pretty bad people, and uh, I don't know. I, I, yeah, I, I need to learn to be better about uh, making characters that aren't uh, hated by everyone else in their party. <laughs> Oops. I mean, related, uh, Irefire, at Irefire, uh, incredible artist as well, asks uh, Lori Mari Sam, uh, Laura Mari Sam, if Tran didn't join Pets for Pants LLC and Zana and Dark Justice were still in the group, what might the endgame biome have looked like? So if the party didn't get Ship of Theseus and it was just <laughs> their starting party, how would the end have been different? Because Juniper's the only one who made it from episode one to the finale. I mean, I, I feel like I feel like Vimble and uh, uh, and uh, and Zana would uh, de- I think would have like done uh, ju- just just done something terrible. I think is probably how that would. Uh... It would be like a police state, but it didn't look like one. It would look like really nice, like you weren't in one. Yeah, yeah, like in dystopian films, they're all like sad and stuff. This one would be lit as fuck. Like, people would not know that they were being oppressed so horribly. Like, they'd be like, oh, my God, free lobotomies, you know? So, like, Bioshock before uh, the fall of Rapture? Yes, yes. Where, like, everyone's just like, yes, you know, you can get the latest brain augment to make your face look slimmer because it paralyzes your face and, like, diminishes your frontal lobe. That kind of stuff. (laughs) That kind of already exists. We might be living in this dystopia. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I, I think for Juniper, the only way that that party staying together would have worked would have been, like, I, I picture Juniper going all in on that sort of plan of how she was going to, like, really lock this world down, and not necessarily being on board with what any of the other party members wanted, but going, look, stay close to the biggest threats, and at the last minute, conflict between the party, I'm going to try and defeat both of you, and I will shape this world. Like, that's I th- the only way I can picture. I I agree. I think that's, that's the only way that could have gone down. Evan Ledoux, at Ledoux Evan, asks a classic question. Favorite time you rolled terribly? Oh. Oh, I, I, for me, for sure, it's uh, when we, like, uh, saw the Idrisil and I died. <laughs> <laughs> that was very that, funny. That, that is that, that I, I I still think about that and chuckle. Like that that was that was hilarious. I love that so much. Uh, this season was so funny. A lot of the a lot of the fucking uh, discourse is about the characters being monstrous to everyone, but I feel like it gets lost. <laughs> the shit was fucking incredibly funny. There was there was some fucking funny episodes. Um. <laughs> Uh, I, I don't know if it was a single role, but at the very least, the series of roles that led to Juniper's foot getting cut off. That that was one where I felt like there was consequences for Juniper as a character, but also an opportunity to move things forward in the relationship with Laser in a way that like got some of the... It was the first one of these people has decided they've had their vengeance and doesn't want us dead anymore. And that felt like a like a moment that I could play with. 
My favorite bad role was when Zana was jumping into that hole when we were going to the water temple. Mm-hmm. And I rolled terror. I think I rolled a crit fail and I just knocked. She just knocked herself unconscious. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, then you got dragged back to the, the wagon and decided to do uh, what we do in the shadows on yourself. <laughs> yeah, well, it was awesome. I Thank you so much, Sam, for the doll of Zana. Oh, yeah. <laughs> that was all I ever wanted <laughs> was a creepy doll of myself to put my soul inside of. I, I forgot another good bad roll. Um... Rolling that botch on animal uh, animal handling and suddenly having a very slow following um, <laughs> this will kill you if it reaches you. Having the equivalent of that meme about the snail that will kill you if it reaches you for the campaign was a great botch. <laughs> yeah, that was all improv. We all just kept yelling over each other about wouldn't it be funny if, wouldn't it be funny if, and made the most horrible situation for poor Juniper. Uh, <laughs> it really felt like we all came together there. As a, as a group to make it as difficult as possible for you to live. Oh, someone on Twitter said something nice to me today about Dice Funk because I was really self-conscious about how I performed this season, thinking like I was totally shit. But <laughs> what's who? Uh, uh, somebody. Oh, damn it. Where are they? <laughs> they, um, they they're out there. They know who they are. Uh, no, uh, Penny Dreadborn, uh, he, him, on Twitter, Penny a pound. Uh, thank you for saying that they liked how I did in season nine, because I was feeling like I did a terrible job. Thank you. You're very nice. Yes. Thank you, everyone, for all your support. We have another question here from Bella Octopus Solutions. Which of the creatures the players made do you hate the most? (laughs) (laughs) Oh, God. There are some terrifying, horrifying things that were made, huh? Mm-hmm. I feel like hate the most also includes love the most because it's a fine line with, say, the Rons. I, I was about to say I love the Rons. I think that that no notes. Look, the Rons, <laughs> the Rons are a fascinating, well thought through, terrifying creation. I, I'm, I can't not be unsettled by the creature that wants to be consumed. There's something. <laughs> oh like, my god! Yes. There is oh, something. Was, yeah. There is something just slightly. Uh, unreal <laughs> about that that yeah oh it gets me <laughs> i mean I, I i fully agree with you on the penguin that 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 i i i did like it being my like like it was a very fitting sidekick for bimbo i think but also yeah the like like the fact that it's like thing is that it's just like every once in a while when it's like feeling disobedient will like try and like stuff itself into your mouth is such a is such a like deeply cursed <laughs> upsetting thing to think about seriously for any amount of time i kind of liked it because it made me like oh i don't have to feel bad about enjoying me you know (laughs) i had had beautiful conflicted feelings uh marble clouds asks laura do you think nifix would approve of the world juniper decided to make Mm, it is a tricky question um I think Nifix's main opinion would have been you had the confidence to make something and people who don't like it can just go and find somewhere else to be. They're not trapped there. I don't think Nifix would have liked the world that Juniper originally was going to set out to try and create, but I think that she would approve of the one that was ultimately made. 
Cynic1984 asks, Mari, did Peter turn out like you thought he would? Did you think he was going to be different? So yeah, when you sat down in the beginning of the season, your whole thing is I'm playing a cheerleader who's possessed by a demon. It's very Jennifer's body. And then it turned out she was, you know, way worse than he could ever hope to be. And then he was just kind of a cool dude. Is that how you envisioned it? No, Peter was originally supposed to be, you know, a demon who like just really loved Zana's vibe. Um, and was like, oh my God, like I just really just like proud of her like a dad would be you know her number one <laughs> supporter but i realized that zana was like way too disruptive and here's my chance to like kind of have the same vibes and be a little bit more chill so i was like well what if like this demon was like the big lebowski kind of guy like office space vibes instead because that's way more chill and what if he just wanted to do drugs and everyone to get along in order to like change as a person, which was something I was trying to do at the time. And also like, I like it when people change as people because I, I don't know, I, I wanted to be a different person. And so I was like, okay, well, what are all the things I really want to be? So I made Peter the things I really wanted to be and all the things I liked about myself. Which, maybe that's too much of an informational... I've given away too much information, but anyway... No, no, no. You, you, you have done the thing that, like... Here's the secret. Everyone at some point does a D&D character where it's some kind of, like, I'm, I'm working through something, or I'm being aspirational about myself. That is just a reality of how playing D&D tends to go. <laughs> yeah, because, like, I just... I didn't want to be a high-strung person anymore. <laughs> it's like, whatever. I want to be like, no, I want everyone to get along. I want to do drugs. I want to get past whatever the fuck's going on. I just want to be a demon who is a slacker. That's I, who I am. I, I think it can be pretty healthy to have a space to go, I'm gonna, I'm gonna perform being the kind of person I want to be and to act out the things that, you know, you got going on. Yeah, yeah. So... I thought that was probably a much better fit to what was going on because Zana was just too disruptive. And we had two characters who were like, we're evil. And I was like, oh, we can't have two. You got only one, you know. Uh, Wesley Myers at Attacking Ginger asks, Dio's mask was said to have some sort of effect or ability. What was it? You may notice you don't hear Sophie. Uh, you know, we've, we're in talks to do some stuff going forward, but yeah, she she couldn't really be Dio anymore for a variety of reasons, and she never told me what Dio's mask was supposed to do. This was a season of people keeping secrets from me. The other one that comes to mind was uh, Korvok took a feat when leveling up and never told me <laughs> what it was, and then at the end you were grappling everybody, and I was like, why do you keep grappling everybody? And you're like, I took the grappler feat, and I was like, well, I don't, I didn't I, know I, that. I did not mean that to be a secret. I just forgot to tell you. Right. <laughs> you on the show said it's a secret. When Wait, did I? It. Yeah, yes, when, was... when you took it, you were like, it's a secret, I'll reveal it later. That was a bit. <laughs> so, sometimes the bit takes over and you forget that it's a bit. Yeah, no, I like, I, yeah, I was, I like, was like doing that because, like, I, in my mind, it was like, oh, this is like the only thing that came up on my thing as like my like only option other than doing the like invisibility thing that like uh, that, that Mari also got. And so I was like, okay, like obviously I'm just doing grappler. And like 
in my mind it was like yeah obviously i just got grappler and then i was like yeah it's a secret because like that's a funny thing if 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 you assume everyone expects you to have grappler but no one expected that no one knew and that was uh yeah that was, that was a pitfall on my part for sure <laughs> <laughs> it was very funny yes because spider uh leveled up upgraded uh and that one episode became a, a like armored police horse and you got a feat for it and you're like i'll never tell <laughs> yeah yeah no like yeah like because like I feel like that that joke makes sense if it's like I I thought that everyone would just be like oh obviously grappler but saying that out loud why would I have thought that that was that was that was ridiculous of me oh my god yeah there's what the a lot fuck of is my problem am I right <laughs> there's a lot of questions here which are kind of judgmental. <laughs> <laughs> heavy man the iron trebuchet mari and sam which deep hole in your souls did zana and bimble come from how much concrete do we need to seal it forever oh my god okay if this is too much i just thought it was a very funny way to phrase it i can answer the question because zana was my way of coping with something really terrible and i was like what would it be like to be the person who did this to me? And I just wanted to be, I just wanted to know what that felt like. It's probably super toxic and not a good idea. And it turned out to be a bad idea. It felt bad. There was like two episodes where, where you kind of just broke down and were like, I'm sorry, I feel so bad. This is terrible. I Yeah, I, I'm kind of glad she died and everyone killed her. Like, I just, I didn't want to do it anymore because I was like, oh my God, it must feel so good to be kind of a piece of shit. That's why people do it. And then I was like, it doesn't feel good. Well, it does actually, but I don't like the consequences of seeing what happens after. It feels good to be evil in the moment, but I don't actually want anyone to be hurt. Sometimes it's good to have reassurance that you as a human being are like, oh, I couldn't be evil. I would feel too bad about it. Yeah, actually, thank you, Laura. That's That was right. I mean, like, yeah, like, like I was saying earlier, like, like I, I don't know, like, for, for this and the other, like, D&D character I made, I, I don't know, like, I guess, I mean, this is definitely a lesson in definitely don't just do this, but, like, for, yeah, like, I kind of, like, defaulted to, like, oh, yeah, like, a, a, an easy way to, like, make, like, a character who will be funny and have, hopefully, like, an interesting development is, like, what's a very deep and, like, like, jagged uh character flaw to have and build around that, and... Yeah, uh, you know, I've I've definitely learned that it's uh, probably better to make a character who is in like likable in more ways than they are horrible. But uh, yeah, <laughs> I definitely learned from Zana that I am I have the capacity for great evil, but I am so glad that I feel like shit about it after. Like, I can I'm a very angry person. So, thanks, Zana. <laughs> Uh, on that note, Blackstone Morgan at Blackstone Masks asks, Nobi or Zana, who was worse? Ooh. Oh. That's hard to say. I Look, if 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 one of them was going to stay around as like a member of, of, of the party long term, Nobi was worse. I'd rather have Zana around than Nobi. Zana's easily manipulatable. Manipulate, whatever. Just leave it. <laughs> as, as, as terrible a person as Zana was, Zana didn't at any point make any of the listenership stop and cry. So it's fine. 
<laughs> oh yeah, and Zana was also uh, not a bigot because being a bigot is for losers. Mm. So she could never be so cringe. <laughs> yeah, because she was like, "No, I actually have good reasons to feel like I'm better than other people." You know, <laughs> I don't know. Let's just put that in, just in case. I didn't want to act. You know how when you have like evil villains, but they're like, "But I'm not a racist," and you're like, "Okay, yeah." <laughs> <laughs> uh, any of you can feel free to chime in if you see a question on the Discord or in the thread you want, or if you just uh, another topic you want to talk about. I have to admit that I have unbelievably deep seated anxiety about reading anything that has to do with anything I do in case someone says one single negative thing about me. I'm not strong enough. And that's why I don't want to work on the internet anymore. I I can't. I just. As someone someone currently sat refreshing reviews of a book that I released that like some people have read, but it's not fully out yet. I it's it's not fun being like, oh, no, no. What do people think of my work? You've all been deeply traumatized by the, the computer, huh? Yep. Yeah. And you know what? Yeah. You don't have to be on the computer. I've actually gone off the computer this last year. You know, you can like have friends in real life. You can like do stuff. Yeah, but it's like crazy. How, how will I share with people all of my my thoughts about the video games? <laughs> I hang out with them and watch a movie. It's Nerd. nuts. Yeah, it's Nerd. crazy. And I have a boyfriend now in real life. He bought me minerals for to dangle on my body. <laughs> <laughs> That's the weirdest way you could have put that. Well, I know that you're anti-minerals, so I didn't want you to get it's- mad at me. <laughs> I am anti-minerals? Is that what you just yes, said? I've picked up from context clues <laughs> that you're very much against the valuing of random earth minerals. And so I, I said it to the most disingenuous way possible because I didn't want you to eventually eat me when the, when the revolution comes. I didn't realize I was anti-mineral. That encompasses yes, you so had a much. Whole biome. You knew you it. You had a whole biome like talking shit about minerals. It wasn't about the minerals. It was about what people do for minerals. The minerals well, themselves are blameless. <laughs> well... I contribute to the demand for de- minerals by wearing it. So, Syretha at LS Blackwood asks Mari of the three characters characters you played, who is your favorite? And Laura, if something had happened to Juniper, who would you have liked to play in her place? I I liked Peter the most because I projected the most amount of my psychological issues onto him. In the positive way, instead of the negative way with Zana. And then Piccolo, I really wish I knew what to do with him. I think he was just there, just to hang out. Just like, wow, I'm alive. What's this? You know, uh, what does it mean to not murder? But I liked Peter a lot because I'm, I'm a sucker for characters that used to be horrible and are now cool. That's what I like. Uh, in terms of characters I might have fallen back on, if not playing Juniper, uh, the the easy answer would have been Gale. I think that Gale would have been an easy-ish sell to justify. But, in my heart of hearts, I want to say Laser. Ooh. I think, I think Laser would have been an interesting one in that... 
I'd have had to work out how to get around making that their journey one that would mesh well with the rest of the group. And I feel like that... Obviously, you know, it would depend how things played out, but... I can see a world in which Juniper died and Laser catches up with the group after having been trying to kill Juniper for half the campaign and suddenly is like, oh, I didn't actually mean to... I wasn't actually trying to kill you, I was just trying to... I was just trying to get, like, some vengeance because, like, I felt bad that you took the tail, but, like, you're, you're, you're dead, dead, and maybe that's my fault for constantly having you on the run exhausted, and that might have been an interesting place to try and explore something. Well, yeah, when you met up again with Laser in the future biome, uh, hmm. everyone else in the party was a stranger to Laser. Laser had never met Piccolo or Korvok. Yeah. Or, Trey, or had met Trayon, but they were on positive yeah. terms. So if you weren't there as Juniper, you could have just been Laser and been like, yo, what's up? Because <laughs> you didn't have any baggage. <laughs> I, I, not only would Laser have not had any baggage, I feel like if Laser had turned up and everyone from the original group was gone, I feel like that could have been some interesting role-playing ground. Of, oh, I assumed Juniper would still be here. Juniper's always, like, everyone else is coming and going. Juniper's always here. Yeah, it's fascinating. There's something we said about the way that a bunch of the NPC stuff turned out, because I, in my original quote-unquote plan you know it's always it's everything is always very tenuous but yeah the idea was every you know starting party member had a rival from their university but then so some of you jettisoned your characters so early like uh vimble barely got to interact with gail and there was supposed to be the dynamic of like the rich trust fund kid and the scholarship like scrappy uh you know person and then they just didn't get to do much of that so then gail kind of became more associated with Juniper as the, you know, the girlfriend or whatever. Similarly, like Walter was, you know, Zana's like uh, <laughs> kind of uh, oblivious bullying victim or like some somebody she was manipulating. Um, but then, you know, you jettisoned Zana early enough that Walter ended up being more of Treyan's rival. So there's all these different, like all the NPCs kind of went in unexpected directions. So, uh, you know, everything was on the table. Piccolo was supposed to be a completely different NPC. I was only Piccolo for like 20 minutes <laughs> before I didn't get to be him anymore. So it's pretty it's pretty interesting there. Um, I don't know if you, anybody has any thoughts about it. Dragon Quest talked a lot about uh, how much they love Sprinkles. I was very worried that Sprinkles wouldn't go over well because nice. she couldn't speak. No, <laughs> so that's was, make it. was very cool. I, I, I really yeah. liked Sprinkles. I think, yeah, Sprinkles is a really cool character. I, I think you did a fantastic job with making Sprinkles an engaging character to have interactions with in scenes that could not be dialogue heavy. It was a big challenge I gave myself, so I'm glad it, it worked out. Yeah, I, I think you pulled it off really well. Um, that, you know, obviously there's a certain degree of I love to just fucking make, make choices that are going to have consequences because I love to give myself shit to deal with. But like... Yeah, to, to, to Juniper, you you created a character who got Juniper to be willing to say yes to a ritual that ended up with a person living in her head, without saying a word to her. And like that is that is a testament to I think you 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 handle Sprinkles really well. It's interesting you bring that scene up because I was definitely thinking that like okay, so Juniper has this whole rivalry 
with Laser and you have this relationship with Gale. So you're kind of set for storylines. You know, Piccolo just came back to life, has is dealing with the guilt and is, uh, you know, un, you, didn't, you didn't know this at the time, but I was like, is going to meet uh, someone whose friends he killed. That was, you know, Sydney's yeah. coming back and like, okay, so Piccolo is good for storylines and also has the, you know, Peter, you want to revive that. It's a great motivation. But I was like, Korvok. Korvok is, you know, <laughs> Mm-hmm. Korvok, <laughs> he very like it's hard to even nail down what his brain yeah, situation Korvok is. Yeah, Korvok did not really have much of a thing really going that like stayed consistent. I didn't, yeah, I didn't feel like there was much to latch on to a Korvok that like worked. Like I don't know. Yeah, at first it was like it, he was like I don't know, just like chill gardener guy, but then. I don't know, uh, then became, like, deeply traumatized Vimble cultist, and then, yeah, I don't know, um, uh, yeah, there's, yeah. <laughs> but I was saying, I was hoping that maybe Korvok would step up and become linked with the Aboleth, because then that could be your thing. Like, I don't know, mm. like, it's like a storyline opportunity, a plot line for you to interact with, and, uh, True, yeah, <laughs> that would have been... <laughs> But now <laughs> you kind of just got to do the thing you're doing. Um, so, yeah, it's hard. You, you can't make people do that. I guess you could make people. But I don't, as a DM, make people make choices. So, it's, you know, you can't really control that stuff. Look, Austin, the, prob- the problem you've got here is that if you lay out a, uh, a plot point that's probably going to have consequences and we don't know what they are and uh, like people are going to have to deal with shit later, if someone doesn't jump on that within like a minute, I'm always going to go, I mean, I want to know what the plot is. <laughs> I don't yeah, want to walk away from story. G- give me give me that curse or whatever. <laughs> yeah, this, like, they may put that content in the game. Let me experience it. Yeah. Um, we, you, you and I have been poisoned by video games. So we have to get the entire uh, quest line or we're not going to get the sword <laughs> well, like, at the I've, end. I've, I've, I've done enough like DMing of one shots where I'm like, if I if I put a cool thing out on the table and everyone just stands around going, okay, we're gonna walk away from that. I'm always like, oh, so I'm like, nah, fuck it. If there's if there's a cool thing on the table, I'll pick it up. I want to know what that is. <laughs> uh, Doctor Whale Botanist at Whale Botany says of all the things to be appalled by in Dice Funk, the Pangman is the worst <laughs> thing to be made from this podcast. I hate you. See you next season. Correct. I love the Pang Man. Yeah, you are right. <laughs> I Look, just I thought it was such a I, cool concept. Look, I can love the concept of the Pang Man and also hate that the Pang Man exists. There's a lot of the questions have this kind of tone. How dare you? I can't believe you've done this. Can't wait to see more. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so uh, one thing I saw uh, some people asking about uh, that that we haven't talked about here, and I don't know whether you talked about it in the the uh, Dragon Quest side of the post mortem, was what the experience was like of recording the sort of two parallel running stories. Um, and I'll say this as as a player, the, they were being those were being recorded in parallel and largely as players. We didn't know the events going on in the other story as we were recording. Um, it was very much a case of, you know, other events happened off screen, and if it was important for us to know, we were told things, but like, yeah, l- largely, there's another story going on somewhere else. At some point, it'll be relevant. Which is a very different experience to sort of how we're setting up for season 10, where there is at least 
some more understanding of what's going on between the two things happening. Mm-hmm. Um, Heavy Man the Iron Trebuchet asks, how the fuck did Vimble get four negative stats? Did you have four negative stats? Your character creation uh, <laughs> was quite an interesting uh, thing. I don't know if you want to speak to that, Sam, and how you made the world's most fragile uh, de- death cannon. What, did, did I have four negative Because I, like, I definitely had, like, very negative, uh, um, yeah, like, uh, 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 constitution. Yeah, I did not realize what that did. Um, and so, yeah, I just made, made constitution my, 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 my dump stat without realizing. I mean, I, I liked it very quickly in because, to me, it felt like, like it, 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 it made a lot of very funny things. Um yeah, I I, 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 I do, I don't know, I, I I wish I'd played Vimble differently because I did like a lot of things about him that I thought were either very funny or just, like, like I, I, I genuinely thought, like, playing, like, a detective role was very cool and, like, just mechanically very fun and wish I'd been able to, like, keep on doing that. But, yeah, uh, yeah, I, I, I just uh, did not realize what Constitution did and, <laughs> and so made him the most fragile. I liked how it, like, sort of fit in with, like, him being a, like, just, like, extremely sheltered and, like, uh, uh... Yeah, just like ju- just like sickly child, but yeah, it's it's one of my favorite things about D and D as a storytelling tool is the stuff that you don't necessarily intend that comes out of the stats and the ways that the stats end up reinforcing th- who the person ends up being. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the first time I ever played D&D was on this show, when my character Anne, I dump-statted intelligence to such a truly abysmal level <laughs> that she was barely functional. So it's a tradition. I think that's this show gives you the full spectrum of experience from people who don't know what the numbers mean <laughs> to people who are designing their own tabletop games, like Sketch. So <laughs> you, get the, you get the whole thing. I think I don't like being a human, uh, even close. IRL, unrelated to the show? Um, I think I love being uh, weird. I No, that's a dumb thing to say. That's not insightful. I mean, you said this last season. You're like, I wanted to be slime because I was tired of uh, the human existence. And I wanted, yeah. I wanted to become <laughs> kind of a, sl- a sludge creature. Yeah, yeah. I still feel like slime is the closest thing I've ever come to just being myself. <laughs> yeah, I, 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 I will empathize with you here. Like, I am a big believer in ninety nine percent of the time, human is the least interesting thing you could be in D anD. d Um, I think I was a human for Frank in season four. Um, and I think that worked because he was he was just a guy. He was he was just he was just he's just he was just a dad. He was generic as he was he's just a dad. Like usually, why would I be a human when I could be all of these other nonsense things that are different from me? I mean, Frank was really popular. Also, Blake from season six, just yeah. the just a guy club. I think you need some more of that. There's a, a lot of uh, you know chatter in various corners of the internet about uh, kind of relatability. And like we have done seasons where like, every character is like a unicorn or a goblin or a slime monster, and people were like, "I can't relate to this." Which I, I mean, is fair, I yeah. guess, if <laughs> unless you're like Mario and you're like, "No, I am slime." Um, but like next season, yeah. I know for example has a higher human ratio 
but also yeah. a, a much stranger contrast because everything is literally alien. Yeah. Is the shape is the ship a whale? The ship is the ship is. We can talk about this. Do you still want to be the ship? You could do. You could. Wait, cameo I can be as, the ship. I can cameo as a giant like ship, like in the mo- in Lex. You guys like eat my inner milk or something? <laughs> Just don't say eat my inner milk. <laughs> what? <is that? laughs> there is no vetting process between yeah. your brain and mouth. <laughs> you can eat my inner milk. Jesus. I went- Live inside me and then find little, like, squirty things and eat it. Austin, I don't know. Austin, the wildest, Mari and Austin, the wildest thing is that the things you're saying, Mari, are not that far off from being accurate descriptions of the, the ship in season 10. You could describe it having inner yes. milk. Oh my god, yes. it does have inner milk. I just, re- yes. <laughs> I just realized, not in the way you think, but it does. No, but, like, it does have, it does have inner milk. Ah, yes! We, we can talk about this after the postmortem, Mari, because I think it'd be exciting. I know, um, like, you know, Sophie couldn't make it to this, but she said she might do uh, the last time voice or something. Everyone's invited to get involved, but we do have, what, like eight cast members or something. Everybody wants to be on the show. <laughs> it's a very, you know, it's, yeah. as divisive oh as it is sometimes. I could just be the ship. Yeah. Oh. And you guys suck on my nutrients that I like gather from like oh having weird sails that pick up on space plankton or something. Oh my god. See, unfortunately <laughs> you can't play in the space design wise too much. We've already recorded ten episodes of season oh! ten. The ship's yeah. design has already been decided without you being present. Well, at least there's inner milk. There is which inner is milk. Something I've always desired to have in me. <laughs> Holy shit. Oh Why my can't God. I just be the ship from Lex? What is this? I've never heard of this. It's a very creepy space show that actually is extremely unnerving, and I don't recommend you watch it. It's oh, okay. really two, stressful. Two X's? <laughs> yeah. I've never heard of this. It actually is extremely anxiety-inducing. <laughs> it aired on Canada's City TV as four made-for-TV movies. Okay. Interesting. I'm reading about this now, and then there's four seasons. Canada, what are you up to? Oh, it's French Canada oh, too. That which that, is that, worse. That spaceship has real, biblically accurate angel vibes. Oh my god. Yeah, if you look at like the pictures on on Google images, you're gonna be like, wow, that's scary. Like, there's a guy with his organs in a tub, and he's just a head. It's a scary show. It seems to have made a deep impression on your psyche. I know. It's I am so terrified of it. <laughs> oh my god! It's so scary. What is oh god. this? There was a, there was an advert for the show that has a woman licking the man who's just a head, and the advert says mm-hmm. "good head" in every episode. Yeah, it's a very like psychosexual space creepy like weird fluid dystopian nightmare show oh, yeah you love liter- it i am on <laughs> the uh, wikipedia page and like literally that's all it's talking about it says sex is fun sex is good i hope we can get a lot of it in the show the writer was quoted as saying <laughs> <laughs> well he shouldn't have because the sex in that show is terrifying look Aust- it's so Aust- scary Austin, i know we're like 10 episodes deep but can we scrap season 10 and just restart it with this as the primary influence 
yeah, to an audience of seven really <laughs> disturbed people. <Yes>. Um, <laughs> this is a lot. Oh, uh, boy. Okay. So assuming this is the last time you ever get to talk about Zana or Vimble or Juniper, are there any other thoughts you want to put out there before we wrap this up? I wish that she felt the true insults. Like, okay. To me, I'm never going to kill someone. But if I was in some sort of revenge situation, you know, someone killed my child, whatever. I never understood why you just kill the person. I wanted to torture Zana because we wanted revenge, right? Killing someone, it's the end. They're not suffering anymore. I don't like that. Especially if it's canon, we don't have an afterlife. I want them to suffer before they die if I hate them. Am I wrong? Like, if someone did something to me where, like, I really want to, like, I just don't get it. Like, bam, it's over. No, I want to be, like, in that other movie, uh, Something Citizen, where Gerard Butler creates <laughs> weird booby traps to torture the people who have hurt him. I want to do that. You know? That's Law my Law-abiding citizen is the name of that Yeah. Thing. Yeah, <laughs> like if I had a revenge thing over a system that probably would never happen in our cr- criminal justice, um, you know, I, I would want to torture them in a mirror. You know, that's you know maybe skin her. You would want to torture them in a mirror. That's what season three of this show is about. Is about the kinds of justice, restorative justice, retributive justice, and there are mirrors involved. I have a show for you. It's called Dice Funk. Uh, well, it's not justice. It's revenge. It has nothing to do with being fair. It just, I, if someone, if someone made me want to kill, I would want to make them suffer. Here's, here's a spoiler. You could just, as a punishment for someone you hate, you could put them in one of the season three mirrors. That's a thing you could do. Oh, no, I would want to torture, oh, they go in the mirror? Because I want to torture them so they can see themselves in the mirror so they know what's happening to them. Mirror. Uh. The inner part of the mirror tortures them. They, they torture themselves, kind of. No, I want to be. I want to be the torturer. You know, that's, I want them to see me cutting off I'm, body I'm, parts. I'm glad you know what you want. Uh, I thought, okay, has not everybody thought, what would I do on some sort of crazy, disturbing revenge fantasy? It's why we have those movies. So don't act like I'm the psychopath. That's what I would do. Yeah, that that season nine postmortem got a little weird. At, at the end, they kind of just talked about hurting people. I don't really know what that had to do with anything. <laughs> I'll answer your question you were asking Austin about like last things about characters. Um, uh, I'm just happy Juniper had a happy ending. Um, as much as with season eight, I am really proud of the storytelling that I did and the story that happened. It was nice to just have a character who, at the end of the day, despite having a bit of a rocky start, I can just go, yeah, they're happy and doing nice things with someone they like, and that's just, their their story ends with niceness happening on into the future. That's that's good. I'm, I'm glad that that is the case. Um, I just want to take a second to plug the Dice Funk merch. Where you can get it. You can get it at uh, Dice Funk uh, Store dot seven eight four two G eight S A dot Onion, and it's just a gun. Um, <laughs> I, <laughs> I don't. <laughs> is this anything? 
What? Have you ever gone to the 20th page of the Google results and clicked on a website and get unnerved by the fact that it's clearly an AI-generated website that makes no sense? So it feels like the back rooms, liminal spaces of a website, like something's not quite right? I mean, I I've, I I looked for a bunch of those and like found a bunch of those when I made I recently made a video about uh, spam and talked about those. And yeah, those are so fucking creepy. Yeah, that's creepy. Like, there's nothing... Yeah inherently creepy about it but you look at it and you're like this was not created by a human but um, what did th- those those uh websites are the majority of the internet now yeah. uh, it's scary sam i don't know if i've ever told you about my favorite piece of spam and i know this is a bit of a, a diversion Let's but i've go. had a, i've had a disappointing realization um for about two years i was getting the world's greatest spam from an from a woman called bethia who would send me daily emails that had a a running storyline about how I was the reincarnation of the Archangel Michael, I was a moon goddess that was going to unlock my moon powers and save the world from being destroyed by the moon falling into it. Like, there was a whole narrative arc that went daily over two years of, like, never repeating emails. This is amazing! Every single one trying to sell me, like, do you want to buy the moon crystal that's going to unlock your moon powers? <laughs> or do you want to buy... I love it. The... No, my favorite one. My favorite oh. one is where she sent me an email to tell me the Pope was aware of me. And the Pope had sent her a locket that needed to be sent to me to unlock my archangel powers. Um, and, like, don't contact the Pope directly, though. The Pope's very busy. <laughs> you have to contact me and I will get you the necklace from the Pope. <laughs> And I love I love that on so like I love the the, yeah. the I, like first of all just the fact that like she's like yeah don't ask the Pope though like as 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 like because obviously that's something that you can easily do but also just the fact that like you are like uh uh the the moon goddess but also do need to s- send her a bunch of money to unlock your powers. Um, um, <laughs> I may have I may have found one of her moon crystals. Um, for sale for about two quid on AliExpress, and I do own a moon crystal. Uh, I did. I did once email As her back should. and say, "Well, it's it's. I'm really glad that you told me about the moon crystal. I did f- manage to. I the way I spun it was, oh, you know, I was just out for a walk and look at this. I found one of the moon crystals. The universe must really be trying to reach out to me, and sent a picture of the one that I'd purchased, not from her. Um, but back in October, it finally stopped after two years. I no longer hear from Bethia. About my future. Well, this looks like she started taking her medication. Another <laughs> one lost. Yeah, no, no. She like she, you know, she got the help she needed, and now it's just sending like um four one nines and like uh, trying to get people to like uh uh like send money to like a Nigerian prince. Oh, now she has normal scams. Yeah. Can you imagine how exciting your life is if you just? really go on on everything all of the weird shit on the internet like oh spiritual like you're going you're destined and shit like that's got to be exciting if you feel that's your life i mean look i'm i'm just going to read you a very small snippet because i have to share this with people while they while you're here you have to know um oh my god please i thought you were ignoring my repeated offers to protect you from the troublesome entity entering your life in only a few days but then i felt you Last night, whether you realized it or not, your spirit reached out and touched mine. We are still spiritually connected. Somewhere deep down, you want the vortex of positive energy that I've offered for you to come true. 
So while you dreamt, <laughs> a piece of you signaled me that you weren't ignoring my messages. Uh, once it becomes necessary, you shall perfect the art of remote telepathy. Even though we aren't physically together, I can project my spirit into your space and perform this ritual with you. It will take only three minutes, and then you will be able to reach out to me spiritually anytime you need to. We will be able to remote telepathy anytime if you just practice with me for three minutes. Trust your intuition and trust in yourself. This will work. I got two years of daily emails. I have a like question. <laughs> like, how personalized do you get the sense that these were? Like, do you think that she could like could have been sending like a hundred of these out to just different people, or like, do, do is there like a vibe that like they are personally catered to you in some way? Oh no, I I don't doubt that there are other people out there that got the exact same two years right. of daily spam that I did. But like, I don't want to think about that. I want to think about no, the no, fact no, no, that I, I have. I have the magical powers to control the moon, if you didn't know. I think any business model that relies on the mental psychosis of your buyer, it's solid. Like, you can get a lot. You know, it's, <laughs> it's kind of like in the games industry, you have the whales who, who drop yeah. money. Like, so, you're not going to get a lot of people with the moon crystals. Now, also, but the people you do get... Oh, you're getting it. Now, Austin, this is Dice Funk related, I promise, because um, I hope you're ready for season <laughs> 11 where I will be playing Bethia, the uh, the the messenger for the moon goddess, will be my season 11 character. I hope you're ready for that. <laughs> I mean, you're only half joking, right? Because you all in this call decided what season 11 is, and it's the plant water world you made. So yeah. you, have, you have kind of cursed me with your nonsense, and now I have yeah, to I've... fucking incorporate the riddle snake into my whole thing. <laughs> yep, and I will definitely, definitely not as a joke be playing a woman who constantly tells people that they're, they're, they have magical fates. Oh, boy. Thank you for playing with us, Austin. We very much appreciate you making the story that we get to play. It was very, it was very good, and yeah. you put a lot of work in. And we very thank you. I almost, I almost didn't survive this one, fellas. <laughs> folks, <laughs> folks, this one was close. Yeah, that was uh, that was very clear. <laughs> God damn it! Chaos reigns. It yeah, the the fox from Antichrist. Yes, you actually knew what I was talking about. Okay, cool. I picture all of you, I guess maybe just Sam and Mari, as the as the fox from Antichrist as you're podcasting. And I- oh. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, I love foxes. Um, yeah. And I love rotting, so. Oh, boy. All right. Uh, thank you for joining us for season nine. One shot next week. Season 10 starts soon. We'll hope you'll see you there. I don't know if you all want to give it a last plug of your stuff. You know, you have a lot of things going on, books coming out, YouTube videos, it's turning into a slime mold, respectively. Oh, yeah. I can... I'm going to college. Nice. Thanks. Oh, yeah. That's what I said, turning into a slime mold. <laughs> yeah. I'm going to college. I met a nice boy. He keeps buying me minerals. So I'm pretty sure that means he wants to be with me forever. That's how it works, I think, with... Humans, right? With, like with I don't boys, know. <laughs> mineral yeah. boys. <laughs> yeah, he makes a famous video game. I feel really cool. Wow, awesome! Just taking another shot at min- minerals, eh? You just couldn't help yourself. You couldn't help yourself but get one last dig. Yeah, in. yeah. First of all, I love minerals. I love decorating my body with minerals. I will be eaten when the society collapses, but that's fine. 
and I have a cool life. No, you'll be like the like uh, the the Romanov children where they're like like they're like bulletproof because they're like covered in diamonds. Yes, exactly. <laughs> oh my god. Yes, mm-hmm. but then eventually I do die after they figure it out. But they think I'm magical for a little bit. I know people think it's magic. I think I, that that actually I ma- wait no. So so I don't know if they no, think I it's magic, it, but they do. You are bulletproof. Well, no, because they were freaked out by it at first because I read a book because my dad was like, you should read this. And it was like Christmas. And I was like, OK. And then it was the most depressing thing in the world. And I just put it down. OK. So I, I have a, a thing. To, I have a thing to promote. Yes. <laughs> I'm going to promote this thing because by the time I promote it in season 10, it will be considerably in the past by then. Um I wrote a book with my wife. It's called Who Hunts the Whale? It's a novel. It's set in a fictional AAA video game development studio, and it is definitely, definitely not a critique on the real-world video game industry that is loosely based on a pastiche of existing real-world game development studios. The first page of the book says that any similarities to anything in it is purely coincidence. So, or why are you winking? Why do you keep winking? Look, look <laughs> if you want to, if you want to read a very fictional story that is fiction about a video game company that like, oh, they're doing bad things, but like that could never happen in the real world, right? Um, and you know what we could maybe do about that? Go read Who Hunts the Whale. By the time this goes up, it'll be out. Go go check it out. I wrote it with my wife and I'm really proud of it. It's it's my first full-length novel and I I I, I don't usually like books by the time that like they get to publishing because I've had to read my own work so many times that I'm like, oh, I hate everything I've ever done. I don't feel that way about this one, and that that's a good sign. Go read Who Wants the Whale. I have a conspiracy theory that somehow it's true, but that's me as an independent person. Uh, well, I mean, look, you, you can have that conspiracy theory if you want, but the first page literally says any similarities are purely coincidental. So, like, when you read about the fact that Supremacy Software makes a game called Call of Shooty, if that <laughs> if Call of Shooty makes you think of any real world video game, that's just a coincidence. That's on Law you. And order rules. Uh, you Got need it. to take a big long look in the mirror if you yeah. think that that's related to anything. You need to touch some grass. Yeah. You know, get real. Exactly. I will never uh, touch you grass. Stop kidding that's, yourself. That's where the bugs live. I will never touch grass. <laughs> <laughs> Um, I, I just want to plug my book. It's about the Romanov children. Um, <laughs> um, <laughs> I thought you were saying I want to plug my book, Blood Meridian. I finally finished it. <laughs> um, I, uh, uh, well, so, wait, I, 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 so I'll plug my YouTube channel, Weird in Hell. I, I just made a video where I had to do a similar, uh, any similarities uh, are entirely coincidental, where I someone threatened to sue me because... There's a clip where a guy says um, he's in Africa and he's like like talking about how he loves a staircase in this place that he's living in. He's like, wow, it's amazing what they were able to build in the middle of nowhere Africa. And I told someone who works for that guy that like this seems kind of because this guy threatened to sue me. And I was like, this this that line seems uh, pretty ignorant and if not just straight up racist. And the guy said that uh, calling this guy racist would be defamation for calling him racist for saying that would be defamation because he has donated. He's spent so much time working in the third world for his charity that's the kind of stuff you can look at look for at my channel he's in the trenches being racist he's being racist (laughs) firsthand okay wow you are going to be sued by craig uh kielberger and the wechat i'll figure out my real name sucker no one else has (laughs) 
Oh, they found <laughs> mine. Like they found my so a lot of very personal information about me. Wow. <laughs> oh my God, that's dark. That's really weird. <laughs> oh yeah, like they that, sent me they a very scary letter that included like my last name, uh, included like details, like like I I once made it did a comedy show when I was sixteen raising money for this charity, and they like showed me the ad for that show, which I don't have. <laughs> what the fuck, dude? Are you gonna die? Like, <laughs> uh, I'm, I mean, I might be sued for uh, claiming that someone saying that was racist. Uh, I may what? be sued for defamation for that. I'm pretty sure that was a threat, my dude. Like, oh yeah, no, like I think so too. They they have told me that it was not a threat and that it was like a lie on my part when I said that they were threatening me legally. Having some uh, real normal concerns with the YouTuber and sending them pictures of them sleeping. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No, it's uh, I'm going, I've been, I've been going through quite a saga. It's, 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 it's very wild. Okay. This guy also is like he's the executive director of the charity and he is emailing me at 4 a.m. Oh my god! Oh no, Joa, don't listen to this. She works in the charity industry, and she's often sending emails at four a.m. and saying, "Is it weird?" I'm like, "No, no one cares." <laughs> please, please don't give evidence that people care. Okay, if you're sending threatening legal emails, if she's doing that, I would say that is a bit weird. All right, uh, I'm Austin Norsky, Patreon.com/slash Austin Norsky. I've launched a new show, Spew Punk, on the Patreon. I was going to wait until season ten to promote it, but everyone loves it so much they demanded. That I, I do an RSS feed and everything. It's getting rave reviews. So you should check that out. It's just a dollar to get that show. It's very funny. We're doing a book club now. We just finished a book called All the Things We Don't Talk About by Amy Feltman. And next we're doing The Three-Body Problem by Shi Lu Shin. I don't speak Chinese. I'm sorry. But it's going to be a big book about aliens. So we're reading it for the book club. So get in there. Oh, that sounds really cool. I've heard that's a really good book. Liu Shi. Oh, thank you. As I'm 90% sure. You can shoot me if I'm wrong. <laughs> Stinks just got so high. I know. <laughs> well, go, uh, go to the uh, official uh, uh, Dice Funk uh, Dark Web store and you can get a gun to do that. <laughs> and then it. you can find my private information that I've somehow kept secret for years, but apparently, you it's know. A, it, says, it says Dice Funk right over where the serial number normally would go. <laughs> oh, perfect. <laughs> I really it's hope like there are filed any... off and relasered. <laughs> I really hope there aren't any dice plug branded guns. That's not good. Uh, anytime Quinn or I say the author's name, I'm just gonna cut in that clip of you saying it, Mari, and then no one can oh, get no. mad. Okay, all right. You can come to Chicago and shoot me. Like no one's gonna know any different. There's so many guns going off here. So if I get it wrong, bam, bam. Catch me in the streets. I saw a spark. Against the dark, and we erupt, but it's a slow burn. We take our chance and start to dance. Can see enough to know to turn around. The sound of a bonfire carries over fences, titillates our senses, but we don't need the heat. A chill wind is pushing you into me, and it's looking like we might be burning, might be burning. Might be burning down, but we're a bonfire. We keep putting in, we keep putting in. Oh, we're a bonfire. I keep putting in, you keep putting in. I take your hand, but you demand a different love, a different touch. So off we go to burn below the candling. 
wasn't quite enough. The sound of a bonfire carries over fences, titillates our senses, but we don't need the heat. A chill wind is pushing you into me, and it's looking like we might be burning, might be burning, might be burning down. But we're a bonfire. I keep putting in, you keep putting in. Oh, we're a bonfire. I keep putting in, you keep putting in. Keep putting in, you keep putting in. 